Welcome to the podcast of tomorrow. I am Lindsay Wilson. We are a Futurama podcast. Today we are talking about season two, episode five. I second that emotion. But before all that, I'd like to introduce my co-host, Alex Coons. Alex, how the hell are you? Hello, Lindsay. I'm good. This is an exciting episode because we have not talked in like four or five weeks, weeks at this point. All of the all the backlog is we're through the backlog. So we are back to like kind of current. We might do like one or two more episodes like that. But yeah, the the banter engines are full. We got lots to catch up on. Uh, how <laughs> yeah. have the past couple of weeks been? They've been good. I went to visit my parents, so that was very exciting. And they actually have excellent internet there now, so we definitely did not need to be quite as concerned <laughs> about having a backup as we currently do. The old farmstead. But yeah, exactly. So they somehow got better internet, and that was really nice. But it's also kind of nice not having to podcast for two weeks. So. Yeah. <laughs> you saw Jeremy when you were back home? or Yeah. So no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did not meet up, which is truly a travesty. We chatted briefly when I first arrived and he said I feel terrible and then a couple days later he said he has the novel coronavirus and so I was not able to see our beloved friend Jeremy and uh, yeah I just don't know what we're gonna do about it I guess I'll have to bring him on the podcast again something I bet I mean people love him I've been of course like obsessing over our numbers which are quite low and quite (laughs) quite meager but the Jeremy bump is truly real where uh, people love love the Jeremy episodes like maybe 20% higher than than a non-Jeremy episode that true oh my god whoa okay i'll tell him he'll be delighted and we'll bring him back sometime but that's great how have you been i've been good nothing nothing much new going on here i also wanted to ask you you landed a very exciting interview with the horse girls you interviewed what the creator of bojack yeah so as people are listening to this episode tomorrow i guess you'll be able to hear our interview with Raphael bob waksberg the creator of bojack horseman and it was really fun really exciting never thought it would ever happen in a million years so yes definitely check that out over on bojack horsebud my takeaway from all this and i think you're gonna know what i'm gonna say oh my is god that Alex. this validates the hugh jackman <laughs> podcast like the the creator of bojack he like wants to talk to you so the thing that unvalidates the Hugh Jackman yes. podcast is that I've had like six weeks to watch Paperback Hero <laughs> by myself. It's like 90 minutes long. I could watch it at like 1.5, I'm sure. And I just like haven't gotten around to it. So that invalidates it because I'm never going to actually want to do that work. But it would work <laughs> if we did it. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Where like, the thing that invalidates it is that at least with Bojack, we watched every episode. We cannot even bother <laughs> to watch Paperback Hero. And then the disrespect from you to suggest you would watch on 1.5x, you're never going to get him this way. Oh, please. You, what did you watch Bojack on? Bojack was had got to be on, you know, 1.5. Bojack's a 1x 100% of the time. Wow, really? Yeah, I, I didn't think you could do that. Simply too joke dense. You just okay. can't take notes if it's wow. on uh, 1.5. Yeah, that really is a show of respect for the for the show to, to slow it down to 1x. That's right. That's right. I watch most TV on 1x. It's just it's very rare for me to speed it up except for our purpose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except for this. <laughs> I find it with podcasts, it's not so bad. But when you're watching stuff to see them all moving faster is very unsettling to me. Yeah. Yeah, that is weird. The other thing that I want to talk about was our quest to get 50 ratings for this mm-hmm. podcast because we have gotten two new ratings, at least on the the good old American iTunes. We have two new ratings. And mm-hmm. One of them is a one-star rating, which, of course, is is 
unpleasant. Unacceptable. Unacceptable, <laughs> but still a rating. So I'd like to encourage people to not give us one star, give us honest feedback. But if you want to give us some ratings so we can get up to our, our 50 ratings, so we can book the cameo that probably will never happen. <laughs> you want to do that. And then also counterbalance this one star rating. That would be appreciated. Yes, I know we say honest feedback, but truly anything other than like, I guess, minimum for truly <laughs> devastates me. I don't think people appreciate or maybe they do appreciate how yeah. much it devastates me. Alex was like, we got a one star rating. And I was like, why? What happened? <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm never going to hear from the person. They didn't leave a review, but I am yeah. still deeply offended. We choose not to perceive it in principle, but in reality, I perceive it deeply <laughs> and to my core. It's a lot of perception. Going on. A lot of perception. <laughs> yeah. So upsetting. So yes, balance that out. Get over there. It's still five stars on the Canadian iTunes, but I find typically over there, we at least get one mystery one star. I don't know who's doing it, but someone's really, a jerk. Over, over in Canada. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's all I've got. Should we get into the, the episode? Let's do it. I do want to say before we jump in, Alex, I'm sure you don't remember, but maybe you do. So one of our bits, as everyone knows, is that you predict what the next episode is going to be based on the title and you knock this one out of the park. What did I say last time? Did I say Bender gets an emotion chip? You said something to the effect of Bender gets like an upgrade or something that allows him to feel emotions. You did not specifically allude to Leela, but that doesn't matter. You got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, doesn't seem like a super tough one to get, but maybe I... <laughs> Going into this episode, I was thinking like, oh, are we like doing like a courtroom thing with like I second that motion? Like it's going to be some somehow courtroom related, but yeah. yeah. No, you nailed it. This was your best one yet, I think, except for Fry and the Slurm Factory, which you obviously yeah. were able to intuit slightly. But yeah, so the first thing intro this week is made from meat byproducts, which Wikipedia helpfully also included a sublink to byproduct. <laughs> <laughs> this was like a stinger like we used to complain about but i think it helps that it is oh th sorry that's that's even there there were like two products there was the stinger about the human rinds before that um, true yes that's right there is an ad for glegnar's human rinds <laughs> yes and so i wanted to say that this was like we were we would complain about those stingers that were like completely useless but i think it they're better when they're not character focused when it's mm -hmm. just like universe building like oh isn't it silly yeah. that there's like this made by human rinds product mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to just be like an awkward fry bender interaction that doesn't matter yes agreed yeah it's not that like bouncy robot thing yeah. <laughs> yeah and then the cartoon on the billboard i have written elmer fudd with a bomb question mark i wrote some sort of cowboy slash mountie Wow, Mountie, <laughs> look at you. Yeah. Okay. And also, I do want to say, we are going to be introducing the segment going forward with Jeremy's little excerpt. I think we need to keep it in there, even if it's not about Betty Boop. So that is going to be a new thing starting this week. I didn't want to go back was it, and add is it in. him doing Boop Corner? What a, what, yes, he goes, answer? Boop, there it is. <laughs> right. Boop, there it is. No wonder people love him. He's so good. Honestly, incredible. So <laughs> Fresh Hair, yes, a Warner Brothers Mary Melodies cartoon, and it came out in 1942. And in this short, uh, Elmer Fudd is portraying Alex a Mountie. Hey, oh my god, look at that. <laughs> Earnestly attempting to arrest Bugs Bunny, who is wanted dead or alive, preferably dead. Huh. Is Mountie a strictly Canadian thing? Like, do you think they were doing like Canadian jokes in this in this cartoon? Well, so if you click on the word Mountie in Wikipedia, it goes directly to the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, commonly known okay. as Mounties. So, All right. 
Yeah. Maybe. I would have thought it was Canadian, but then I would have been surprised to see anywhere else. But yeah, a little shout out there. Yeah, so I don't know. It just seems like it's just the classic, you know, they're trying to kill Bugs Bunny. Hijinks. Yeah. Chase sequence. It is kind of <laughs> remarkable that all of these are from the early 40s. Like, that truly must have been the golden age of Warner Brothers and, and these animations. Yeah, unfortunately, this uh, now that I have reached the end of this, it says they break into a minstrel show wherein Elmer, Bugs, and a firing squad appear in blackface. Oh, okay. So that sucks. <laughs> All of this happening, that seems also very... Uh... Very bad, very bad. Yeah, so it says on Cartoon Network and TNT, they close it and just keep the audio, but they get rid of the visuals. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So that's troubling. But yeah, <laughs> no good segue out of that. Uh, tough look for our guys at Warner Brothers. So Leela is feeding Nib- Nibbler here. We get a setup basically. The Bender is jealous of Nibbler. <laughs> nice, nice Nibbler episode overall, where mm-hmm. we really haven't seen much of him since he was introduced. And I've said, I've said this before, but I always like Nibbler because he seems like more related to the episodes that are like about the self-referential like lore of the universe. And so I was happy to see another kind of nibbler focused episode yes yes definitely and you're right all we've gotten so far is that he's just like an unstoppable killing machine (laughs) yeah so here he's just being cute he likes snouts fries like is it me (laughs) somebody (laughs) likes snouts is it me yeah so good and then bender almost gets killed by the can opener which apparently (laughs) killed his father yeah i love my head my precious head yeah and nibbler chips his fang biting bender's butt and is forced to go to the vet yeah, kind of a. I, I like this vet. What did you What did you make of this character? Yes, I like the vet. Also, he's got a good like. He seems knowledgeable, but also he really gets in there. Very hands on. Gets kicked by a gazelle or something. Yeah, he's like episode. a blue collar vet where it's very hands on. Yeah. Yes, and very approachable. All of that. There's also a funny line that we sort of breeze past where everyone's sad about Nibbler's fang, and then Bender goes, "I got a busted ass, and I don't see anyone kissing it." And Zoidberg so <laughs> goes, "All right, I'm coming." <laughs> There's a there's a good Zoidberg moment later when they're uh, tuning the emotion ship that made me laugh. But yeah, good good Zoidberg episode too, I guess. Yes, yes. This is a strong episode overall, I think. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah. And so they, yeah, they meet the vet and then Fry is like, oh my God, like there are rings on his thing. <laughs> I mean, you'd have to be some kind of genius to count them all. And this is also a good thing where the vet is like, if he's anything like the common tree, the rings might indicate <laughs> his age. Yeah. Very good. Very, very good. Is that true? Is the, is the tree ring thing true? Oh, I don't know. I never thought to question it. It just seems so odd. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could Google it. How would they know to grow one ring per year? <laughs> It says, rings of trees growing in temperate climates can indeed tell their age through their annual rings and also help to determine the age of wood used to construct buildings or wooden objects. That's like the biggest coincidence I've ever heard. I wonder if it has something to do with like the seasons where like, oh, when it's growing its leaves back, that's when it's like growing a ring. I bet that's it because otherwise that's just like preposterous. And it makes sense that it's like only in temperate zones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a very good science, Alex. <laughs> I rescind my objections to the to the tree ring theory. They leave clues to help you understand the climate conditions that the tree has lived through. Hmm. They lay down a new layer of tissue each year, so counting the rings will give you the age. Okay. There you go. Wow. Yeah. First and foremost, an educational podcast. 
<laughs> so they decide to have a birthday party because Dibbler, it turns out, is five and they are going to celebrate his special day. They get him a new cape and Bender's like, I'd be cuddly too if I had a new cape. <laughs> Bender really hates Nibbler, which we haven't seen yet. Yes, really struggling with the whole, like, I was the cute one and now there's a baby here. Right. Bender's doing a lot of, like, everybody look at how good I am. But everyone's distracted <laughs> by Nibbler holding a spoon and being talented. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever have any, like, iconic childhood birthday parties? Not really. Every year I did almost the exact same thing for multiple years as a child where my mom taught at a school that had a very small swimming pool and she would rent the pool <laughs> for my birthday. And so it was March, but you could still have a pool party because it was this little indoor pool that was like six feet deep. And all my friends and I would go to this pool and then have ice cream cake from Dairy Queen. Okay, nice. And now how about Pin the Tail on the Donkey, which Bender does? Uh, yeah, <laughs> everyone look at how good I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no, he did not have that so much. Yeah. You? I remember like we have like home videos of my second or third birth birthday. It was probably like third because I was talking, I think. But I invited Peggy and Gary Simpson, who was the elderly couple that lived down the street. And they're oh my, my only invitees to my uh, to my birthday party. Shared out to the Simpson family. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Adorable, but also tragic. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I remember like not at that birthday party, but then once I had contemporary friends, I remember doing like red light, green light, those kind of party games. Yes, incredible. Okay, so this is the first also I just want to like plant a flag here. We won't get into it too much, but this is the first kind of thing where we see Bender being obsessed with the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's humming the Globetrotters music as he's showing off and, yes. and get, trying to get attention. Yes, exactly. And so that will be a recurring bit. But in the meantime, Bender is tasked with making a cake. And he's like, all right, fine. And there's a bit of like a misdirect thing where he goes to reach for some rat poison. And he's like, there, this will like get rid of those rats now to make a perfect cake. <laughs> yeah, I wrote that down. I didn't like this joke. I feel like no? uh, Futurama sometimes does these like so obvious misdirects or like the joke is that it's an obvious misdirect. I feel like that... I like roll my eyes. I'll try to like look out for those in the future. But I feel like we've already gotten these a couple of times already in the series where it's like just a super obvious silly misdirect. I, I kind of find them cheesy. Yes, that's fair. I, I feel like I didn't see it coming so much the first time. <laughs> but I guess now I'm like, I know where this is heading. Yeah, I wrote down that uh, they sing Nibbler happy birthday, but they sing like a weird public domain happy birthday. Um, what day song. is today? <laughs> yeah. It's Nibbler's birthday. It's so what good. A day for a birthday. Let's all have some cake. <laughs> It smell like one too. <laughs> yeah, this made me think of the moment in Survivor history where at the reunion they all sing "Happy Birthday" to Rodney, but they sing the 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 version that you have to pay for rights to, and so you can see probes like, "No, no, like, stop!" Like, don't sing. Yeah, <laughs> this show simply can't afford a Happy Birthday yeah. theme. Yeah, <laughs> how much do you think it costs for Happy Birthday? Probably not a lot. That's a great question. Maybe we can get someone on cameo to sing it, and we can get sued by Happy Birthday. <laughs> Yeah, who is enforcing that? Like, who owns yeah, the know. rights to Happy Birthday? Surely it's public domain, I would think. I think it's not. I think that that's the thing. You would think it should be, I guess is what I mean. Who owns Happy Birthday song? Warner Music Group. Oh my god. <laughs> it all comes back. Wow. Okay, incredible. Yes, okay, so... Bender makes this incredible cake for Nibbler. It's like multiple tiers. And yes, and I also like from Bender all of this about like, now yeah, to make a cake so delicious that they'll have no choice but to love and worship me. And <laughs> yeah. then once he's done it, he's like, oh, I'll teach those filthy bastards who's lovable. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Very resentful. Yes. So he makes this cake and he's about to like reveal it to everyone and be forced to being loved or whatever. And then Nibbler arrives and just eats all of it in one bite and Bender is furious. Yeah. So he flushes him down the toilet and all you see is his little eyeball stock. <laughs> yeah, uh, we did this for, uh, we like... <laughs> did what? <laughs> yeah, we flushed pets down the toilet. No, we, uh, I'm thinking of the, I guess, the next scene where they're like investigating the toilet slash having a funeral for, for, for Nibbler. And we would do that of have like goldfish that we would flush mm-hmm. down the toilet. Yes, I think that happened. My sister Hazel had a very tiny turtle that died and I believe oh, it no. got flushed. That's mm-hmm. very sad. Yes. It seems sadder than a fish for some reason. I know. I feel that way too. <laughs> Goldfish, <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Something about like the way they swim. I don't know. But yeah. very sad. R.I.P. to I think it's so they don't have feet. I think we, we yes. emphasize with things that have feet. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Leela is really upset, obviously. And she's like, I just wish the Bender cared like I do. And like, I wish he could feel things. And he's like, I'd be upset too if I had one cantaloupe-sized bloodshot eye. (laughs) (laughs) Really horrible, really cruel. Yes, very mean. And so the professor decides he's going to put an empathy chip in Bender's head. And he basically says, like, yeah, it's crossing a line. Man was not meant to cross. And he refers to Bender's head. He's like, I need to tinker in it. (laughs) I I wrote that down, too. I also liked Bender is like... More more instances of Bender just being horrible is that he's watching Calculon and it's mm-hmm. like a scene of Calculon having cancer or like in a hospital bed and Bender is just like laughing at it. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yes, that one feels like a little bit like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so then <laughs> they are trying to tune the empathy chip to Leela's frequencies or whatever. And at first they have some problems and it's like, now I'm worried that I'm not as smart as Leela, but I'm relieved that I'm cuter than her. And Fry's <laughs> like, thanks for covering because Amy yeah. says that it's her, which is very funny. Yeah, he he get, first gets tuned and he says he has a desperate desire for mackerel heads. And it turns out that's just Zoidberg. Yes. Yeah. And then he's feeling nosy and opinionated. And they're like, bingo. Yeah. (laughs) Bender gets very sad. And he's complaining that it's because of Leela's stupid feelings. And they're like, all right, we're going to go cheer you all up. We're going to a bar. Yeah, I really love this bar scene with like cutting between Leela at the bar and then Bender just like sitting at home bored with Fry, but feeling all of the emotions that Leela is feeling. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I think like it hasn't been that long since we went to the hip joint with the rings. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, no, this was just a different bar, though. This was like a very nondescript bar. Yes, agreed. Yeah, and there's a point where Amy's like, Armando and I are going to the backseat of his car for coffee. <laughs> yeah. Classic Armando. Classic. So yeah, so Bender's like, all right, I am too sad. I'm also jealous. <laughs> I'm feeling all of Leela's stupid feelings. And I'm going to go into the sewer and get Nibbler back. And he does this thing where he's like, broken himself apart and flushes one of his limbs down at a time. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I had written down all the emotions that Bender feels from Leela, which is jealousy. He tells Fry he dresses like a tramp. <laughs> Loneliness, where he wants to go eat a, a bucket of ice cream, and Fry says the spoon is in the foot powder, which is <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> the spoon, yeah. Yeah, the singular spoon. <laughs> There's a good episode of Flight of the Concords where they have one cup, and they're like, <laughs> and Brett buys a second one, and that accidentally like puts them over their bank account, like they're overdrawn. <laughs> they're like, we had a system where like you get the cup from Monday to Wednesday, I get it from Thursday <laughs> to Saturday, and on Sunday we give the cup a rest. Yeah, I like. There was a point in my life where I was not too far off from that, where I probably had like a good three forks. 
It's like, what did yep, I get that sounds for? right. Yeah. Were you a single man at this time in your life? I was. I was. Yeah. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. So anyway, Fry and Leela decide they're going to go after Bender. And they find some mutants down there, which everyone kind of thought was maybe just a, a urban legend, but turns out they're real. Yeah, I really like the mutants too. They're all like very reasonable. I like the one with like the British accent who is, how would you even describe him? Yeah, I don't know. He's like very fancy just in terms of how he talks, but yeah, yeah. What I don't remember dignified. what he looks like. Is he the one who has the arm coming out of him? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I should have made a note of what they all look like. Some of them have like, uh, one of them has a pig nose. Yeah, I feel like there's three main ones. There's the guy with the arm coming out of his head, which is like the, sounds slightly British. There's the woman mm-hmm. with the pig nose and then the the guy with the like large forehead. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So there are a couple things along the way where when Fry and Leela are trying to get to Bender, they're just like traveling along. There's a really gross moment where Fry falls into the sewer and he's like, oh, in the aftertaste. Oh, no. A nightmare. Yeah. But anyway, they get down to where the mutants are and they are bragging about how they're just like on the surface. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the mutants are like very high and mighty about like being looked down upon where they're always like perhaps you are the ones that are the mutants and uh, perhaps your civilization is the sewer of an even larger civilization above you and they're like no we're at the top we got sky actually yeah (laughs) they like everything and they're like wow uh they also say that their library has nothing but porno and Anne rand (laughs) yeah yeah all the different things that have been flushed over the years so uh, the aquarium is full of dead fish and then Mm -hmm. the porno and Anne rand library yes and they worship an unexploded bomb yes that's right yeah yes and uh, they said that alligators live in the sewer but that's a suburban legend and in fact there are just crocodiles down there which uh, not to like stereotype australians but i'm sure if we watched (laughs) some hugh jackman movies we would learn the difference between alligators and crocodiles yeah i do know the difference what is the difference something with the teeth one we'll see you later and one we'll see you after a while See. <laughs> it's I see. so funny that you said that because when i heard that joke my exact answer was something with the teeth <laughs> so nailed it yeah Incredible. we need to rewrite that joke so somehow because every human is going to somehow say something with the teeth and so we need mm-hmm. to rewrite the joke so it is about the teeth <laughs> yes that's a good call but it is something about the teeth i think one of them yeah. has like an after an overbite and one has like an underbite or something i don't know yeah um, yeah. So they also discover that there is a monster called El Chupanibre that has been like terrorizing their civilization. And Leela's like, oh my God, and, like it's definitely Bender. He loves eating stuff. <laughs> Not Bender, Nibbler. Yes, sorry. Yes, <laughs> Nibbler. <laughs> like, what did I say? Yes, that's right. So she offers to be like the virgin sacrifice or whatever. And they're like, nice try, Leela. We've all seen Zap Brannigan's webpage. Yeah, this was a little bit awkward of like ripping yeah. Leela's shirts shirt mm-hmm. like turning her into a virgin sacrifice like the entire animation it's not just like leela that looks that they like sexualize and make look odd the entire animation this section everyone is like shiny for some reason it, it was yeah it was strange it is weird and also i, I mean i did like the term sacrifice, <laughs> but i didn't love this stuff about yeah like zap Brannigan's website like what did he put up there is this problematic yeah. probably yeah. so that's not ideal and also like i kind of feel like leela had had sex before <laughs> like not zap Brannigan's not the only one right yeah i would that's certainly what i was running with but i guess yeah. you never know <laughs> yeah so anyway so yeah so they are sacrificing leela and nibbler comes out and then they're like she's like yeah there he is and they're like wait what are you talking about that's not el chupanibre that is and it's this big scary reptile thing yeah 
this is a this is an aside, but do you know why the, why are there so many dry cleaners down there? I didn't understand that joke. Maybe they get dirty a lot. <laughs> I see. Okay, so it's I don't just know. Like, they need lots of cleaning. Yeah, and you don't probably want to use the sewer water. Yeah. Oh, that's what I, I was know. thinking. Is it like, oh, is it because they want things to be like dry? Yeah. I, <laughs> dry I, I cleaned. Was, yeah. yeah. I didn't notice that. That's a good call. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so Bender is the only one left who can actually stop El Chupanibre from killing Nibbler. And Leela is basically just like overcome by fear. And that keeps Bender from being able to move. And so Fry has to help Leela stop caring about Nibbler in order to save him. Yes. Yeah. I, I love how despite Bender... Uh, it's later revealed that the emotion chip is set to like three times the capacity or whatever. So despite Bender being a complete monster, that he's still feeling all of Leela's emotions so strongly that she needs to be like tricked into, into not caring for Nibbler. Yes, exactly. And so they're like, think about like the things you could get if you didn't have to worry about it. And she's like, yes, I like things that I want are a new tank top. And they're like, think yeah. bigger. It's like a fashionable tank top. <laughs> Yes, and I could buy it all if I didn't have to feed that stupid Nibbler, and then Bender goes and just boots Nibbler out of the way of El Chupanibre. <laughs> yeah. And a Toblerone. Uh, so they rescue Nibbler, they manage to flush El Chupanibre, and then back at Planet Express, this is where we find out that you mentioned, as you mentioned, Alex, that this thing was turned on like times three or something. Yeah, this was a misdirect that I did like where they're like, oh, it turns out the motion chip wasn't working at all. Uh-huh. And then like Bender was just feeling those emotions for real. And then like, nope, it was actually it was like running over capacity. Yeah. <laughs> I also liked the professor going, that was a disgusting story. <laughs> yeah. And so Bender walks out and he's like, I barely felt anything, even though it was operating at triple capacity. And I'm out of here. And Leela's like, maybe I learned something like so long, jerkwads. Yeah, she learned to, to chill a little bit. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, fun episode. Not too much going on there. We have the, like, sewer, the mutant people, all of that is kind of a staple of the show going forward, right? That's right. Yeah, we're going to see quite a few more episodes set in the sewer. Yeah. Yeah, I was one, I kind of have vague memories of original New York City being down there and then, like, exploring old New York City. And so I kind of think that might happen this episode, but I guess that's down the road. Yes, yes, we will have to see, won't we? Feelings about winners and losers? Let's see. I did not write them down. Did you? Me either. I never do. But off the top of my head, a winner, perhaps. Maybe Leela. She kind of learns to chill out a little bit. She still obviously cares about Nibbler, but she's not getting so worked up about things, maybe. That's a good pick. Nibbler. Does Nibbler lose? I mean, Nibbler gets flushed (laughs) down a toilet, but he does get like a cake and he ends up fine at the end. I think I'll I'll put Nibbler as the loser. Um, Okay. Because he aggravates Bender, he gets flushed down the toilet. You know, he needs to be rescued. And yeah, winner. Yeah, I'll go to Leela too. Either Leela or Bender, obviously. Yeah, I think the loser could also be the guy with the like giant forehead who his guitar string breaks. (laughs) Oh, yes. And uh, when is the next time someone's going to flush a a perfect guitar string? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, very fun. Any other thoughts about this particular episode? Do we have other um, bits that we do? I don't think so. <laughs> we have the next episode bit, yes. a, a classic bit. Um, a classic. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brannigan Begin Again is the next episode. We've already watched it, but I did write down my guess for it before watching it. I was kind of off. I, I mean, I guess I wasn't that off. I thought it was going to be like an origin story of some sort, mm-hmm. although I guess I'm dumb for thinking that because there's the word again in the title, but I wrote down <laughs> Batman Begins of Zap. Okay, uh, I, I like, like that. story. Yes, that would, I mean, I'd watch that. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yes. All right. So people will have to tune in next time to see how close you were, but we already know. Not so close, but for anyone who doesn't know, they will find it later. Alex, where can people hear from us, hear from you? Whatever you I got want. nothing. I the the only thing I'm working on right now is I might have told you about this. I am I feel like I have an actually a great idea for a board game. And I so rarely have like ideas that are like, oh, I think that could actually work. And so I'm working on making this board game, putting it together. I think I will eventually, like way down the road, have like a Kickstarter or whatever for this thing if I can get it together. And so I want to start planting the seeds of if you're a board game person, ask me about this board game. And if you want to like, you know, play test it or balance it or anything, let me know. Cause I think it's like actually, I think it could actually happen. Amazing. Oh my God. Yeah. So exciting. Keep yeah. Alex accountable. Bug him <laughs> anytime. Whoever's listening to this in the future, check in with Alex to see if he yeah. has pursued this passion. Yes. Very exciting. And then people can write to us in a couple places. Yeah, yeah, we're on Twitter and you can send us an email at pod of tomorrow or pod of tomorrow at gmail.com. As always, we get lots of spam. So <laughs> <laughs> as always, yeah, I think we got one more review possibly. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, you're right. right. We had, well, we got two more reviews, but one, of course, we will not speak of. Indeed. They didn't actually write a review also. Yeah. But the real five-star review, we got a review from, I don't know who they are, Bane, I guess, who's calling out a reference that both Lindsay and I were like, what are they even talking about? We don't remember talking about this. So their their review says 56, 56. Uh, just yeah, with a question mark I, and an exclamation mark. So I'm not yeah. sure. <laughs> Maybe it was the number of cartoons in the Tracy Ullman show Simpsons. That was my guess, but, but we don't <laughs> <No> know. <idea. laughs> it's fine. Maybe I'll go back and look through some of the transcripts or something. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, in the meantime, people can also hear more from me, as mentioned, on Bojack Horsepod. By the time you're listening to this, tomorrow you'll be able to, or if you're listening in the future, you can go find it now. We talked to Raphael Bob Boxberg. Very exciting. Please check it out. We would That's love to... Cool have people hear that. It was a very exciting highlight of my career. And <laughs> also, I'm currently recapping what we do in the shadows over on Post Show Recaps, talking about season four. And that has been so much fun talking with the great Grace Leader. And I also appeared on the Sandman coverage over there at this Ooh. point like a week ago. So that was How very was fun that? too. Really good. Did you read the comics? I've read like the first issue of it or whatever. I struggle, with, I struggle with comics. I've done the same thing with the saga where I've like read the first couple and then mm-hmm. fall off. Yes. Yeah, no, I did the same thing with Saga, but I have read all of Sandman and the first season covers the first volume and then like a little bit more. So I would recommend it. It's very good. And it, that's on, is that on Netflix or? It's on Netflix. I think it's a very faithful adaptation. I know some people have had like mixed reviews or mixed feelings about it, but I think it's good. Is it animated or no? No. Okay. I fed for years and years and years on the New York subways. There was like ads for something to do with the Sandman. What with Sandman? And maybe it was like the audiobook or something. But it mm, had this. Yeah. It had this illustration, I guess. That mm-hmm. I always confused with with what they're doing. It was the recently show. adapted on Audible and has like quite an extensive cast, I think. Yeah, so that must be what I saw. Yeah, so, that's cool. So, yeah. How so. how is what we do in the shadows? So much fun. I am really enjoying it. They recently, for those Canadians out there, they just put season three of what we do in the shadows on Disney Plus. So you can check that out. And it's kind of hard right now to find season four if you're in Canada, but it's out there. (laughs) And the podcast has been super fun. I'm really enjoying it. This week's episode, I did sing a little. So just like here when I sang the happy birthday (laughs) variation. (laughs) All right. What a tease. Indeed. Yes. So, all right. So with that, join us next week for season two, episode six, Brannigan Begin Again. Cool. See you, everyone.